Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. All right, well, we're still cruising along in Luke. So today's sermon text is from Luke 1, 57 through 80. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to Luke in your Bible. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, none of your relatives has this name. Then they begin motioning to his father to find out what the name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John, and all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, what then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins." By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. Word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. Well, today is, as we've said, the fourth week of Advent, and uh, so we've Peace. Peace is the theme for today, as we've, uh, as we've said with the candle. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll get, end up getting there. It may not be apparent just quite at the beginning. Um, but we began this journey with hope. Actually, we be- began this journey in Advent with barrenness. Um, and because we met our first two characters that we've seen today, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they're an older couple, and they are unable to have kids. And uh, it was a source of shame for them. Uh, but God comes in the midst of that barrenness and uh, tells Zechariah that they're going to have a, a baby. Uh, and we said it was, it was um, good to start this season with barrenness uh, because that's kind of the feel of the world. Uh, we said there's different kinds of barrenness. We said two kinds specifically, like the physical kind that we feel in our bodies when things break and, and when a couple is unable to have children. But there's also this existential barrenness that just kind of is in the air that we breathe. Uh, The despair and the sadness, um, the fear, uh, all of those kinds of things that that we we know intuitively is there and we we feel it. 
And we say that the Advent story comes to us, that Jesus comes to us in the midst of that barrenness to bring about hope that the way that things are will not be the way that they remain. Uh, the very essence of, of, of that is Zachariah and Elizabeth. In their barrenness, in the very fact that they cannot have children, uh, God works, works where all of the ingredients to have life are not present. Uh, it's a theme that kind of follows all the way through the Old Testament. Um, the second week, though, we looked at Mary. Uh, Luke will kind of alternate back and forth between uh, Mary and Zechariah and Elizabeth and the John narrative, Jesus and John. Uh, and we have uh, um, a young lady who's engaged to be married, who uh, Angel comes to and says, hey, you're going to have a kid. Surprise. And uh, we, we walked about how that, uh, how that might have felt and tried to put ourselves in Mary's shoes one of the things that we marveled at is, is that the way that Mary participates in God's salvation in the world, uh, that she doesn't, she, just, she doesn't just say yes, but that, that God uses the very being, her very body, uh, to give birth to salvation for the world. Uh, she bears God in her uh, and, and all of those things. And, and that we, we said that in hope and in love that we are to be as Mary has been, that that we are to allow God to, to be in us, uh, to go into the world to bring about God's salvation in the world. Well, last week, the two stories combined, and we have Mary uh, and we have Elizabeth. And Mary goes to visit uh, Elizabeth. And uh, upon their greeting, there's a little exchange, and Mary sings a song, and uh, it's known as the Magnificat, really. Uh, and, and she praises God and what well, gives praise for what's happening, for the fact that she is going to do what's going to happen, and that she, and the song ends up connecting all of the things, all of the Old Testament kind of themes with what God is doing uh, through John and through Jesus. Uh, that this story that Luke is telling is not something that is completely new or unrooted for what God has done from the beginning, but that it is a part of God's story and that it is a continuation of God's plan to bless the entire world through the people of Israel. Well, we, uh, Luke splits the narrative just again, and so um, Elizabeth gives birth. Now, uh, Mary may still be there, because she stayed three months, and when she showed up at Elizabeth's house, she was six months pregnant, and if my math is right, that's nine. Right? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and so maybe Mary's there. Uh, we don't know. But the time comes for the birth, and Elizabeth gives birth to a baby boy. And if you remember correctly, the Zachariah, because he kind of questions what God is doing, uh, questions the, well, if in fact, his wife will become pregnant. He's unable to speak. And so the, the, his neighbors and friends who are around at the birth, uh, and, and uh, eight days later, when they named him, they were like, no, we need to name him John, or Zachariah, because there's no one in your, your house named John. But Elizabeth insists, insists that his name be John. And then finally, Zechariah gets something to write down, and he writes down his name is John. And uh, immediately his mouth opens, and he's able to speak again. Uh, I, imagine if you were there that day, uh, what that must have been like. It, that you knew, you knew the story about Zechariah, that he had been in the temple and he had seen a vision. Maybe, uh, maybe he'd be able to communicate that, or maybe he hasn't yet because he can't speak. But you knew he came back, he had an experience, and he couldn't speak, and all of a sudden, uh, this miraculous thing that has come to pass, that his, ba his wife has had a baby, 
And as soon as he says this guy's name is, his son's name is John, he's able to speak. I think I would have, I would have, I would have had the same reaction as, uh, as Luke says um, all of the people had. Let's see. It's not a, won't have it on the screen for you here, but fear came over all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. And all who heard them pondered them and said, What then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. Everybody around looks at this incident, uh, this story, and they're just, their mind is kind of blown, and, and they're, just, they're wondering what it is that God is going to do next. I don't know if they know about Mary. Um, I'm sure Mary w- wouldn't have gone around uh, proclaiming to everybody in the area that she was going to have, uh, you know, that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But they're beginning to anticipate something. Uh, they're beginning to anticipate that God is going to do something, uh, well, something that will bring about salvation for God's people. Well, our, our, uh, where I want to pick up the text is... Uh, Zechariah's speech and uh, it verse 67 then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy Um, one of the things that we will find in Luke over and over again is how the Holy Spirit is working in the lives of the folks who are the main characters of this story Uh, that the Holy Spirit has has been there from with John from the beginning uh, was there when Mary shows up uh, to visit and uh, John leaps in Mary's or Elizabeth's womb. He's going to be with John as he goes and grows up and goes out into the wilderness. He's going to be with John as he comes back and proclaims a baptism for the repentance of sins. Uh, he's, the Holy Spirit is there with Zechariah as he proclaims just what it is that his son is going to become. Uh, For Luke, the Holy Spirit is in the story from start to finish. Um, Now, I hadn't considered this before this morning, uh, but Zechariah couldn't speak for nine months plus. And so one of the things we talked about in Bible study is like, how how did he come up with this song, this, this poem or whatever? And it was a really good question, one I hadn't considered before. And, it, you know, it occurred to us that he's had nine months to figure out what's happening. Uh, and, and maybe he's like me. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been working in him this whole entire time leading up to this. Uh, do, you have, do you have imaginary conversations in your head? Okay, it's not just me. Good. And Nate. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, actually, part of how I prepare is I, I like, preach the sermon in my head. Uh, so... That's good for that. But I wonder if Zechariah during this entire time, because he's not able to speak, is having this internal dialogue. And he's, he's remembering, because he's a priest, uh, he's remembering all of the things that he's learned and, and all of the scriptures come kind of bubbling to the surface. And he gets to this point where John has been born. And he proclaims his name and he's finally able to speak again. And all of those things that have been bubbling up and percolating throughout the last nine months uh, spill out. Spill out as he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably upon his people and redeemed them. Uh, so this little, this Zechariah's song, we'll call it, uh, is often known as the Benedictus. Uh, uh, it's Latin, and it's the first word that happens 
Uh, and so there are songs that are written about it and to it and all those kinds of things. So if you ever hear anybody refer to the Benedictus, this, this is what it is. Uh, blessed uh, be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he looked favorably upon his people. Well, this looked favorably um, is really, uh, really visited. Uh, and this occurs all throughout the Old Testament. Zechariah is saying, not that God just looks down and sees Israel and is happy, but that God is coming into the very midst of Israel to do something. And, and the, the trajectory of Luke's story already to this point is that God is, what God does in the world is for our salvation. For the salvation uh, of us, for the salvation of Israel, and for the blessing of the entire world. Wow. Uh, this actually is... Uh, the same thing that Mary says, it's the same word in the original language uh, during her little song. He has raised up a mighty savior for us in the house of David. Uh, as he spoke through the mouth of the holy prophets from old, that we would be saved from our enemies at the hands uh, of all who hate us. Uh, I think I missed a spot in there, but uh, and maybe I just haven't gotten to it, you'll see. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, never mind. We just won't say that then. Uh, so he, he's understanding what God is doing. Uh, and, and there's a sense that God is coming in strength and power into the world. Uh, and that his boy is going to have some significant part to play in that, in God's coming. Uh, now, uh, some backstory here with Israel. And we've said this before. Israel is, um, they're not their own. Uh, they're kind of living in exile in their own land. The, the Romans are there. Uh, they don't really rule themselves. They don't have full control over who, who ultimately gets to be high priest. Uh, they're taxed heavily. And, and Israel began to understand that, that God's salvation was for them was only for them. Uh, and that's not here nor there for, for this really, but they would have understood that, that God was coming and going to bring salvation for them first. Uh, and that it, it might look like, uh, well, kicking the Romans out. Uh, but what we have to understand that I, I think that a lot of folks would have understood that this is what Zechariah is saying, but I don't think that this is what Zechariah is saying. I think Zechariah understands, and certainly the, the church that comes after him uh, for Luke, who writes this story down for us, uh, that God is coming to bring about salvation. And yes, be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us. I think sometimes we, we read stuff like this and, and we, we begin to think that, like, that our salvation means that other people get what's coming to them. Uh, that, that our enemies will finally get everything that they deserve. And I, I think that's maybe, maybe a little bit. Uh, but when I look at the, the trajectory of the entire gospel story, uh, from Genesis to Revelation, uh, that God is going to do absolutely everything that God can to woo and love and call to those folks who are enemies of God. 
that this is, this, is the, this is the essence of the gospel story, that, that God is working in a world that is broken, that is barren, that is filled with despair and, and hatred, and God is not looking at those who are enemies saying, ha-ha, you're finally going to get what you get. You're going to burn. Like, that's not what God is saying. God is saying, I love you in this reckless kind of way, in hope, in hope that in your brokenness and in your animosity and your eneminess towards God and those who love God, that God's enemies will finally turn towards God and repent to change the way in which they act so that they too might love God and to love their neighbors as themselves. I think we have to see it that way because we know what John's going to become. We know what John is going to do. He's going to call all people, Israel and the Romans too, to a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Well, okay, there we go. Uh, the, scene, the scene shifts a little bit at verse 76. And you, child, will be called prophet of the Most High, and you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. Now, um, I think every parent does this a little bit. Uh, maybe a lot as your kids grow. But especially when they're, we're, they're really tiny, when they're babies. Like, I'm sure that Sam, uh, in the last couple of months, has looked at Patton, baby Patton, and wondered like what it is that, that that boy is going to do when he gets old and grows up. Uh, wonders in his mind like just how God might use this precious little boy that Sam's waited through five other children for. <laughs> uh, you've looked at your kids that way, right? I, I know I have. Like, oh, Nate had the biggest fingers when he was a baby. Like there's this one picture, and maybe it's just the, the photo, but his hand was kind of laying, and it was just, his hand was huge. They're, I mean, they're, they're still kind of big, but uh, he, that's why he's good at the piano. Um, I'm sorry, I should have, it just comes out. And I, I remember like taking this picture and looking at it and being like, what in the world will his hands do? All, all seriousness. You know, like, we have hopes and dreams for our, for our kids. And so I can just imagine in my mind, Zachariah is holding his firstborn, probably his only kid. We don't know. And he's got all of these emotions, and, and the Holy Spirit's there, and he's, his mind is exploding about not just what, what this child will be, become, but what God is going to do through this child, and what this baby's how God is going to, to use him. Imagine him kind of, you know, standing there looking down into the face of his baby, thinking, man, what, what are you going to do? Well, he knows. Uh, and you, child, be called the prophet of the Most High. Uh, so the angel says that Mary's going to give birth to the son of the Most High, and so this is in connection with that. You give, be called prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. 
Luke then gives us, or Zechariah gives us a series of infinitives, two statements. Uh, and, and there's really three of them, and, and they're all connected. Uh, the first one is this, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. I, I struggled with really kind of trying to understand this uh, this week, and I think it's, I'm, I'm convinced that it's more than just John saying, hey, this is how you can be saved, inward. It, it's more than him just standing beside the river saying, repent and be baptized, or just repent. The kingdom of God is coming. I think that, that John is he's preparing these folks, that he is actually leading them to the salvation that they so desperately need. He's not just telling them about what God is doing, but he's guiding them. Now, uh, baptism was known, and it's become a little bit richer for us in our faith in Christianity. It's become a significant thing because Jesus gets baptized and and, and we understand it as a, yeah, a sign of what God is doing into us too, but the Apostle Paul uses these metaphors of going down into the water dirty and coming back up clean, or, or going down uh, alive in our sinfulness and coming back up dead to sin but alive in Christ. Uh, that, that something is happening in, in that moment. There's a journey that's beginning that is not just, yes, Jesus, I will follow, but that it is our, our movement into taking our place in what God is doing in the world. Our salvation. Our salvation is always about us helping others to gain the knowledge of salvation in the same kind of way. Not just in word, but in deed as well. He goes on, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn on, from on high will break upon us to give light to those who in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the second one is to give light, but we can't understand it without uh, verse 77. Um, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us. Uh, Jesus is the light that is coming into a very dark and, and desperate place. Uh, it is the hope, it is the fulfillment of the hope that we have said comes to places of barrenness. Uh, in the darkness of, of our barrenness, brokenness, the light of Christ dawns. You've all been in a, in a dark room, right? And you don't want to turn on the light, uh, but you got to get to where you're going. Maybe maybe it's, it's night and you're going to the bathroom and... Uh, like, it's hard to navigate a dark room, right? It's hard to navigate if you're familiar with it. It's even harder if, to navigate if you're not familiar with it. And I think this is what the world is doing uh, at this moment. Uh, that we're trying to find our way in our own darkness, and Christ is coming to, to bring light. To help us to know where to go. To navigate a, a room without running into things and hurting ourselves and hurting other people. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Now, th this makes it look like John is the one bringing the light. And it's not, right? He's preparing the way for the light to come. I, I kind of want to think of it more of like focusing the light. I have this really great flashlight. 
it's, it's an LED flashlight, and uh, you, it, like, you can pull the barrel of the, the light, and it goes from like a big, a big spotlight to just a really tiny one. In fact, it was my favorite flashlight until Sam dropped it in the wall. Uh, a couple years ago, we were running some internet wire, and he, he dropped it on the wall, but we recovered it when we redid the bathroom. <laughs> Popped out, the, took the old batteries that were all corroded out, cleaned it up, it's good to go again. I think that's what John is doing. He's like, the, the light of Christ is coming, but he's focusing it down from this big spotlet to this, this kind of smaller spot for us, for the people he's going to talk to, and he's saying, this, this is the way that you are to go. This is the path that God is illuminating for you, the path towards repentance and the forgiveness of sins, uh, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Which brings us to the theme of the week, right? That this, the movement of this story, the movement of this story goes from brokenness and barrenness to peace. And we've said it is not just the absence of violence but that it is the fullness and wholeness of life. That is the undoing in all of its ways of brokenness. It it is the way that things should be. Indeed, it is the way that God wants them to be. It is the way that they will be when Christ returns and makes all things new again. John is coming to lead us into the knowledge of God's salvation. John is coming to give us light, to focus the light of Christ's love and and mercy and grace for us so that we should know the way that we should go, pointing always towards Jesus so that we might walk in the way of peace, which is the way of Jesus Christ. This reckless kind of love. I think, I think by virtue of our baptisms, now some of you haven't been baptized, we can fix that on January 9th. Uh, I think by virtue of our baptism, that we are to be the same as John was. That we might, um, that we might hear these words to us. Uh, Where are they? I'm going to go. That we might hear these words spoken over us, and you, child, will be called prophet of the Most High. Not that we're going to, we're not going to like prophesy, right? But we are going to prepare the way of the Lord here and now. Uh, That it is our calling and our job now to help bring the knowledge of salvation to the world not just in proclaiming that that Jesus Christ has come, uh, that Jesus Christ died and will forgive your sins and you get to spend eternity with Christ, but to actually lead people into the knowledge of salvation, into the wholeness and peace and grace of God. Uh, That we are called to, to focus the light of Christ's love 
on the path, not that just that we are to walk, but the path that, that the world around us should walk for its peace, for its wholeness, for all of it to be made right. It is participatory that our salvation is always so that we can participate in what God is doing in the world. It, yes, it's good for us. It brings about, hopefully, wholeness and peace for us. It gives us something to guide our life on and trajectory that we might go. But that our lives as followers of Christ are to be like John, to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus Christ. Now I realize at the same time uh, that some of us here may be sitting really in a place of darkness uh, and that things are not good. At the same time, I, th- I think we can look to this passage. We can look to what John is saying and take comfort in the fact that yes, life and light is coming. That in the midst of the darkness and the brokenness, God has sent his son into the world to bring about peace. And God has sent his church into the world to help bring about God's peace here and now. I think, well, you can't convince me that that's not right. This This is what we've been called to. And it is my prayer that that as we finish out Advent, by the way, six o'clock, Christmas Eve, we'll we'll light that Christ candle, uh, symbolizing the light that comes into the world. And you'll all have a little candle, and you will leave this, well, we'll all light our candle off of that anyway. We'll symbolize us taking Christ's light into the world. To be maybe little John the Baptist's without the camel hair and locusts. I hope, though, I hope that we don't get distracted from that mission by getting wrapped up in all of the fear that's in the world, all of the, the, the animosity and the negativity. If we are bringing light, we can't be a people who is always always calling out the things that are not light or, or being scared of those things, if that makes sense. Uh, if we are bringing light, we can't be known as the people who are always, I don't know how to say this, that are always afraid of all of the darkness around us. I think we would be, be respectful of the darkness that surrounds us in its power. But we know that in the bottom of our hearts, in the deepest places of hope and faith, that the darkness does not win. Darkness will not win. So that gives us the freedom to take Christ's light with us wherever we go. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you that you have, uh, well, that you have sent those ahead of us to prepare the way for us. 
in, in your goodness and in your mercy, you've called us to participate uh, in that bringing of the light. Help us not to get caught up in all of the things that might distract us uh, from focusing your light on this world. We ask that we would, well, that you would empower us to be people who bring the knowledge of salvation to those around us. That we would be a people who bring, bring your light so that our friends and our family and the people that we're sitting next to might walk in the way of your peace and wholeness. So that the world around us might know your peace as well. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.